On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk growing up, spending years preparing for one moment, and I share a story from Daniel Priestley that really resonated with me. afternoon or evening or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. This is episode number 11 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual challenges. And this episode right here is all about week number 11 in that journey. Right, welcome back. I hope you've been well since we last spoke. You'll be pleased to hear that this time around this week, I'm back in the office in Wales, which means that there's no low battery fire alarm beeping in the background of this episode, as there has been for the last few episodes that I recorded uh, in Corby. I'm back in the office. You'll also actually be pleased to know that I have uh, bought a new fire alarm on Amazon and it's turned up. So I just need to put that up when I get home and then there will be no more beeping in the background. But more importantly, no more health and safety hazards. Um, I've actually had a really productive few days. Uh, I've just literally just a second before recording this episode, finished designing a fucking wicked website for a client of ours who's having a refresh of their site later on this year. Um, And it feels good to have just spent the last few days at my desk, not moving around constantly, not in and out of meetings, just sat down, getting work done and taking care of things. But that's this week, which which we'll be talking about in episode number 12 next week. For now, we need to cast our minds back to last week, which was the absolute complete opposite of that. So what did I get up to last week? Well, last week started in Berlin after the weekend that I told you about last episode. I woke up in Berlin, uh, we went to the airport, jumped on the plane, and we were back at Stansted by, I think, something like 3pm in the afternoon. And then we had to pay for a taxi to get from the airport to the train station because we had parked at a train station nearby, but because of the massive storm over that weekend, trains were fucked, had to pay for a taxi, but we eventually got back to Corby at around 6pm on Monday. And then Tuesday and Wednesday were fairly standard. I worked from home, went to see my dad in hospital, which was nice, he's doing really well actually. And then on Thursday I was up really early jumped on a train into London and had a meeting with a really, really exciting company. Like definitely one of the most exciting agencies in London right now. Uh, had a had a conversation with their founder about working together on a project for them, so that was good. And then that afternoon, I met with Sarah and Richard in Mayfair and we went along to a workshop by Daniel Priestley, who is the author of Key Person of Influence. Now, truthfully, although I've read his book and loved it, I kind of knew that this event was going to be a sales pitch and so I wanted to go along with that in mind to see how he sold the inevitable course that he was going to sell at the end of the session. And to be honest with you, it was the most incredible three hour long sales pitch I've ever seen. It was fucking wicked. 
But anyway, Friday came around, we were back in Wales, I had a few meetings, uh, including actually a meeting with somebody who's about to launch their own podcast. So it was cool to be able to sit down with somebody and share what I have so far learned about the practicalities of producing and publishing the first 10 episodes of this with somebody. And then on Saturday, Richard and I went to see a show that I had bought him tickets for at Christmas. And then on Sunday, honestly, fuck knows what I did. There's nothing in my calendar from Sunday and I can't remember what I did, but there we go. That was my week. Now, just before I go into what's been on my mind this week, I want to quickly rewind to what I just told you about that happened on Thursday because it was the weirdest thing. At the event hosted by Daniel Priestley, right, he he told a story and it was just really weird. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll remember that I said I recorded it late at night and it was actually on Wednesday night that I recorded that episode, about 18 hours before this Daniel Priestley event. And I spent the second half of that episode talking about this idea that everybody else's come up seems clean, whereas when you look at your own, it seems messy, as if everybody around you acts with more intention or more luck or more success because you see their polished, unfiltered story, whereas you see your own successes and failures in equal measures. Now, having just recorded that episode, I sat in this sales pitch by Daniel Priestley and just before the end of the session, he told a story. Now, I'm not sure if it's a true story, but it's a bloody good story nonetheless. And it's one that stuck with me because it explains exactly what I was trying to get at in last week's episode far better than I was able to. He told a story that went something like this. He said that he was once on holiday in Bali and one morning, really, really early in the morning, they woke up to go on a guided climb of one of the biggest mountains in Bali. And so they set off at something mad like 2 a.m. in the morning, in the dark. Uh, It was like the middle of the night and they climbed and they climbed and they climbed and then they eventually reached the top of the mountain and it was timed by the guide in such a way that when they got to the top of the mountain, the sun would just be rising, right? So they get to the top of the mountain mountain, and the, the sun is just peeking over the horizon. And he said that as the sun was coming up over Bali, they had the best possible view of the island. And that the first thing everybody did as this sun washed over the island and brought with it light is everybody was looking for their resort. Oh, I'm, I'm staying over there. Oh, I'm staying over there. They were spotting their own resorts, right? And then they'd spot things like the beach and a few other things. And then he said something else caught his eye when he was at the top of this mountain. It was actually another mountain off in the distance. And he said that this thing looked massive. And so he started to ask the guide all about this huge mountain that he could see in the distance. How tall is it? Is it bigger than the other one? And then in that moment, the guide stopped him put his arm around him and said, Daniel, sometimes you need to just stop and appreciate the mountain you're on. And I just thought, wow, fuck me. You've just summarized perfectly in 60 seconds what I had just spent the whole previous week thinking about. We're all on a mountain. It's a mountain that we have built over years and years. Everything that we've learned in school and in university, and your work experience, your personality, your passion, the things that you've taken the time to teach yourself, your hobbies, your interests, we're all at the top 
of a very valuable mountain of our own. But when you're on top of a mountain, it's hard to see what's directly below you. When you look down at your feet, when you're on the top of a mountain, if you look directly down at your feet, all you see is the ground beneath you, that you're on the floor. You don't see how high you've climbed or how far you've come or how hard you work to get to that point. You just see the ground. And then you look up and you see all of these peaks around you, the other mountains. And so to just build upon last week's message, now that I've heard a story that translates it really well into quite a nice, uh, well, quite a nice story, maybe you all need to spend a little bit more time appreciating the mountain that we have built by hand. Okay, so now I've got that out of the way. Um, there are two things really that have been on my mind this week. And just now when I looked at them together in the notes on my phone, they're kind of related, but, but these two thoughts came to me at entirely different times in the week. I'm going to explain both. I'm not going to try and relate them. They just, they're accidentally somewhat related, right? So here goes. The first thing is that uh, it's something I noted down on my phone on, I think, Thursday night at something crazy like 1am. And it was one of those thoughts that randomly struck me just as I tried to sleep. As soon as my head hit the pillow, as, as, as ideas always do, right? And so I grabbed my phone and I wrote down these words. I said, you don't grow up, you just get older. The rest is up to you. Now, what do I mean by that? This isn't some weird, like, live, laugh, love style bullshit quote about how we're all kids deep down. And this isn't some Peter Pan bullshit. It's actually the opposite of that. It's actually quite depressing in a way. But bear with me here. When we're kids, we all have an idea in our minds about the kind of person that we want to be when we grow up. I know I did. And those ideas can be anything, right? From the jobs we want to the house we'll live in, to the car we'll drive, how we'll look, the city we'll live in, the girlfriend or boyfriend we'll have. We plan our entire adult lives in our child minds. But that's all we do. We just plan. We just think about it. We, we write a check that our future self almost never cashes. Now, unless you believe the bullshit written in books like The Secret about the law of attraction and how you can just think really hard about something and it will materialise, all of that thinking and all of that planning doesn't turn us into the grown-ups that we once thought we would become. You just get older, the years just go by. Now, I'm not, I'm not pretending that I think I'm old. I'm 24, I'm young, I get that. But it has been 10 years since I was 14. And 10 years ago, I definitely had ideas about the kind of person I thought I would be by now. And thankfully, the work I've done over the past decade has given me some of those things that I thought I would have. It's allowed me to be running the business that I always wanted to run, to do some of the things that I would once upon a time sit in school and daydream about doing. I'm doing those things right now. But there are also areas in which adult Sean is falling short when compared to child Sean's expectations, right? I don't drive. I haven't done any driving lessons in something mad like six years. I'm painfully single. And whilst that's not necessarily a bad thing, I'm sure that in the mind of 14-year-old me, 24-year-old me would have definitely managed to find a fucking girlfriend by now. I don't have my own house or car or any number of the material things that I probably assumed I would have right now. 
And for better or worse, I'm actually a very different person to the one that I thought I would be. Now, let me just be clear. I'm not beating myself up here. There's obviously context to each of these points that I've just, you know, that I haven't covered. I'm, I'm oversimplifying things here for effect. But what I mean is this. When we're young, we think that time progressing means our life is progressing. We assume that as we get older, we grow up. When we get older, we turn into the idea that we once had in our minds of what kind of adult we'll be. We turn into that just because time passes. Now, look, I don't need to tell you this. You've obviously realised this yourself, but that's not true. You don't actually grow up. You just get older and then everything else beyond that is up to you. That business that you once dreamed of doesn't build itself. That house doesn't buy itself. That perfect wife or husband doesn't just fall in front of you. And to use a very specific example about me, I'm not getting any kind of fucking car that I once dreamed about until I pass my driving test. And I'm not passing that until I do some fucking driving lessons. Like this stuff doesn't just happen because we think about it. Because we have a nice picture in our heads of what life should be. Life isn't anything until you add in the effort to make it that thing. And so here's where I want to end this thought, right? I just spoke about my 14-year-old self. That was 10 years ago. Think back now to 10 years ago. How old were you then? And back then, how did you think your life would look today at this age? Now, here's the thing. If you haven't become the person that you wanted to be in these last 10 years... What do you think is going to make these next 10 years any different? Because the answer for me is my actions. The only thing that will make the next 10 years any different to the last 10 years, if you're not in the place you want to be right now, is your actions. Now go and do something about that and make the 2030 version of yourself the picture that you have in your head right now. Okay, and then finally... Something perhaps related to the last point, I still can't work out if I think these are related. They just, they feel like they're in the same vein to me. Um, But like I say, this point came into my mind at a completely different time when I was thinking about something entirely unrelated. You'll remember last week that I told you that I've booked my first speaking event of the year in Bath, which, by the way, if you're local, drop me a message on Instagram and I'll make sure that you have tickets to come along and we can have a chat and all that good stuff. But anyway... I booked in my first speaking event of the year. But actually, it's more like my first speaking event for the last three years. Because for the last three or so years, I've been fairly silent. No PR, no running my mouth on Twitter, no speaking events, nothing like that. Because I've been in preparation mode. And so as I was thinking about that, I noted down these words on my phone. I said, taking years to be ready for a moment. Just those words. Now, quite honestly, I can't remember what sparked this thought, but I can tell you exactly what I meant by it when I wrote those words down. Back in the early days of my journey in business, I was, I guess, addicted to the accolades and the attention and everything that came along with being a really, really young, quote unquote, entrepreneur. And to be fair, looking back, could you blame me? 
at 14, I was running a business and we were getting coverage on national TV in places like BBC Breakfast. At 16, I was on the BBC's Young Apprentice. And then as a result of that, I had a bunch of speaking slots across the country, interviews, press coverage, all sorts. But despite all of the opportunities I had to speak and to project outwards, I didn't really have anything to speak about. I was too early in the game, too young. I didn't know myself well enough. And as a result of that, over a handful of speaking events over a few years in that period, I guess I started to feel a bit like a fraud. Because, and look, this isn't imposter syndrome. It's, it's, not, that, it's not that kind of feeling like a fraud. It's more that I realised that I was going from event to event, speaking about things that, quite frankly, at the time, I didn't know about or I wasn't qualified on. I was playing some sort of role. And sometimes it got awkward. I can think of two talks in particular, one in Lincoln and another in Sheffield, which were shit. They were just pointless, a waste of time. And so a few years ago, after a fairly good, ironically, a fairly good talk in London, I made a deal with myself that I wouldn't go back on the offensive until I was ready. Because I know there's huge benefits to putting myself out there to taking PR opportunities and doing things like this podcast and speaking at events over the country. But I didn't want to do it until the time was right, until I had something to talk about, until I had a few years of professional experience under my belt in marketing, which, to be fair, was a whole new industry for me when I stepped away from Magnet. I didn't want to do any of this until I felt like I knew myself and that I had the basics sorted. And so here I finally am, ready to go again, but it took literally years to get to this point. And so really that's what I meant when I typed that into my phone, that sometimes it takes years to be ready for a moment. So when I step out and do that talk in Bath next month, it'll have taken me years to get there, but hopefully it'll have been worth the wait. Okay, that is it. I've done this whole episode of a popped ear, which means it's really fucking, I don't even know the word, off-putting. I can hear myself twice. You know what it's like when you've got a popped ear. Just for you, I've done this whole episode of a popped ear. But um, there we go, that's another episode done. And you know what? I feel like this has actually been, despite the popped ear, a really good episode because although I've covered three kind of short little stories that were kind of all unintentionally related, um... Yeah, I feel like they, they painted a picture of where my mind is at right now. Very much on the the outward-looking, offensive, trying to get shit done. Uh, and also, internally, just, just keeping myself in check. Um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you. And as always... If there is anything you want to talk about from this or any other episode, feel free to reach out on Instagram where I'm Spooner Sean. Uh, that's S-P-O-O-N-E-R-S-E-A-N. And remember, if you're not already, to hit that follow or subscribe button somewhere inside of the Spotify or Apple podcast app. That'll, that'll mean that you get episodes first. You won't need to go digging and clicking on links and fucking here, there and everywhere. It's just going to be there ready when you want to listen to it. And finally... If you have enjoyed this episode, please do consider, as always, sharing it. I know that a handful of you share it every single week, which means the world to me because 
it's crazy enough when people take the time to listen but when you take the time to also share it with your friends just incredible but please do if you've enjoyed this episode share it with somebody it would mean a lot right that's it for another week as always i hope you have a good week and i'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 12 of life and lessons see you then Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 